Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 135 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. This is Oilers Now, where guests receive gift cards from the Japanese Village. Steak and seafood cooked right at your table. Japanese Village. Don and the staff with locations at Edmonton South, Downtown, Northside, and in Sherwood Park. Well, their season wrapped up a week ago Monday time now uh, with Jay Woodcroft back at Edmonton to uh, get a chance to do a bit of a... Uh, a post-mortem on what was a very successful year overall. Pleased to welcome back to the show Bakersfield Condors head coach Jay Woodcroft. Hi, Jay. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good, Bob. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. What's it like to uh, be back in town? I, I, I know it's a little a little earlier than you were hoping, but uh, I, I'm sure it's been nice to have a little bit of family time. Well, I, you hit it right on the head. Um, you know, we had a great run. Uh, this year, uh, played deep into the playoffs. We were disappointed that we didn't reach our ultimate goal, which was to play play for the Calder Cup. And uh, but that said, after our exit interviews and wrapping things up in Bakersfield, uh, when I came home uh, up to Edmonton here and, and got to see my family, um, it put a smile back on my face. And right now, I'm just uh, chasing my my twin daughters around and working on my honey do list. Yeah, well, we all know what that's like, right? <laughs> Absolutely. My, my 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 wife calls it a honey don't do this list, but that's another thing, another <laughs> situation. All right. Um, ultimately, I, I mean, you had you know, it's playoffs. It's a short sample size, but you had to change your goaltender in three of the six games, and you know, uh, massive step forward year for Shane Strett. Some good starts from you for Skinner as well. But that's usually not a recipe to success in a six-game series, is it? No, and, and you know what? I would say that um, pulling a goaltender, it, it, it's a tactic in a coach's toolbox, if you want to want to call it that. Uh, I wasn't a big believer in doing it throughout the regular season. I was thinking back the last time uh, that I had done it would have been in November. And uh, so it's not something that I typically go to. But in a playoff series, um, 
you know, there's different times when you're trying to uh, stem momentum and that type of thing. Um, what I think the side benefit of uh, of pulling the goaltenders and and the three goaltenders that we did use in the in the series, the side benefit was all three of them got great experience, and I think all three of them can play. I believe that the position of goaltender uh, is one of strengths. Um, for the Bakersfield Condors and and what we got coming with Olivier Rodrigue just signing signing an NHL deal the other day, I, I really believe it's a position of strength for the organization. Um, and you know while uh, we wish for better uh, end results during that playoff series, I think the experience that they got. Um, was excellent, and it's something to build on going forward. Yeah, Rodriguez got signed yesterday. He still can go theoretically back to junior, and he had a, a groin issue this year that kept him out of lineup basically for six months, and ultimately that might have undermined Drummondville's chance to play in the Memorial Cup uh, because he wasn't completely healthy. Um, you've got Skinner, uh, you've got Wells, and then Sturette, who needs to be re-signed. I think that's a given uh, uh, that he's re- restricted free agent. So you probably don't need, is it fair to say, you probably do not need a, a veteran NHL, AHL tweener at this stage, given that uh, you did have Montoya, but he, he basically didn't play the last four and a half months. You're comfortable with what you got in goal moving forward there? Yeah, I think those those are those are questions for for management going forward, and I'm sure they yeah. they'll have a plan for that position. But if we return the same uh, goalies uh, next year with Shane and with Stewart and with Dylan, um, you know, it, all three of those guys, I believe, established that they could not only play at the American League level, but that they could win games. Uh, all three should feel very good about their seasons. All three uh, know that there's things that they need to work on in their game, but um, the biggest thing was they were a huge factor in the success of the Bakersfield Condors in 18-19, and in order for them to get to where they want to all get to, which is the National Hockey League, they got to put some hard work in during the summertime, but if they all, all three were options next year, I think uh, the Condors would be in good shape. Uh, Jay, you've been uh, an NHL assistant for a number of years. This was your first year of head coach. I mean, I'd be remiss without asking, you know, overall, how did you think uh, you liked it? And is this a direction you want to continue moving forward with? Well, let's let's start off right off the bat. I don't ever want you to feel remiss, Bob. So let's get that out of the way. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, but no, uh, fair question. Uh, I thought the the experience of being the head coach this year in Bakersfield was uh, fantastic. I thought I felt alive in a whole new way. Um, obviously, I, I've cut my teeth over. 13 plus years in in the National Hockey League as an assistant coach. I worked my way up from an entry level position uh, to being an integral part of an NHL coaching staff. Uh, it's a different type of responsibility. It's a different type of relationship with players. Um, I really enjoyed this new. Uh, position that I was put in this year, uh, which was to lead a team and drive a culture and hire a staff and uh, hold people accountable. I thought it was um, excellent for my personal growth. My goal is to one day become an NHL uh, head coach. And uh, I've worked, like I said, tirelessly for 13 years sharpening my skills to one day get an opportunity to become a head coach. I got that last year. And I was, uh, 
like I said, it was a great, um, great experience for me. I think it's, it uh, showed people that I had the ability to run my own bench and, and run uh, my own program. I was surrounded by a great staff, uh, had uh, complete buy-in from our group of players who um, made me such a better coach because um, I knew that coming to the rink every day, uh, that I had to bring them something. I had to give them something. I had to continually push them uh, to try and maximize our daily opportunity as a team and maximize the potential of the group. Um, there were a lot of real positive moments during our season, um, and I, I think we moved our program going forward here. Uh, and I think at the end of the day, that's a real positive sign and a real positive um thing for the Edmonton Oilers organization that our younger players down in Bakersfield were learning the price it took to win and to play deep into the month of May and work towards playing deep into the month of June. I think uh, it was a tremendously rewarding experience and like I said, what a great group to to stand behind. Um, What a great group to coach. So, Jay, you're under contract with the Oilers. The question I would ask you then is, Are you to get to the goal to be an NHL head coach, are you better off being an American Hockey League head coach? Or if somebody were entertaining the option of bringing you back aboard as an NHL assistant, what would you say to that? Well, I mean, that's a, that's a good question. I, I've looked at the coaching hires that, um, that are being hired uh, this summer during um, you know some of the open positions yeah. and if there's anything that I believe uh, is proving to be correct is that there's no one way to become an NHL head coach I think um, I go back and I, I look at uh, how I began in the NHL I began uh, on Mike Babcock's staff and Mike Babcock uh, started his coaching career at Red Deer College. Yes. He worked his way up through the WHL. He uh, spent some uh, time in the American Hockey League. He worked for Anaheim, moved on to Detroit, and is now in Toronto. That was his path. I uh, worked a lot of years with uh, Todd McClellan, who uh, started in North Battleford in the Saskatchewan Junior League, went up to Swift Current in the WHL, worked his way through Cleveland in the IHL, Houston in the American Hockey League, as an assistant coach in Detroit in the NHL and then got his first break in in San Jose. I look at, um, like I said, some of the hires that are are being hired uh, now in in today's uh, 2019 NHL, and there's a lot of people that are being hired from non-traditional kind of uh, backgrounds. You're seeing uh, one team hired a longtime NHL head coach, Another team hired uh, just today an assistant coach who hadn't coached um, pro had been in, a head coach yeah, pro ho- hadn't been a head coach in pro hockey but he had won the Memorial Cup in Oshawa and he's a heck of a heck of a coach that's on his way up and and he got his opportunity. You see Ralph Kruger who had coached 48 games in the NHL but had taken some time away and ran a team in the English Premier League get his opportunity in Buffalo. If there's any lesson being learned, I think it's that. There is no one way uh, to become an NHL head coach. And for me, uh, the way I look at it is every day I get to work in hockey, I'm uh, trying to sharpen my skills personally, uh, trying to bring something to the table for uh, my organization. And eventually you keep knocking on the door and you keep knocking on the door and you keep doing good work and eventually that day comes. I'm not... um, 
um, consumed with that. Uh, uh, I believe that if you keep doing good work, uh, people notice. And uh, like I said, my experience this year in Bakersfield is phenomenal. Great people to work with. Uh, couldn't say enough great things about our staff in Bakersfield. Um, and, you know, it, to me, the, that group of warriors that I got to stand behind, I mean, what a positive experience it was for me um, to, for the first time, uh, try and answer that question if I could run my own bench. And, and I felt that um, I was very pleased with the way the year played out. All right. Jay Woodcroft joining us. Bakersfield lost in six games, hard fought series against San Diego. Um, you did not have... Um, a couple forwards. Uh, we talked a bit about the goaltending, the fact that you had to go, uh, you know, uh, pull your goaltender in three of the six games. Um, how much did the absences of Cooper Marodi and Connor Yamamoto hurt your team? And it should be noted, in fairness, Dallas Aikens in that series did not have Troy Terry, who was terrific in the first half of the year in the AHL. Well, I, uh, it, Anytime you don't have the services of some really good hockey players, I don't think that helps you in any way. So not having Kyler, and, and let's face it, we didn't have Kyler for basically the last six yeah. Yeah, six weeks of the, the regular season and then heading into the playoff series. So not having a player of his caliber didn't help our offensive and, and overall game because he's a heck of a penalty killer and a good 200-foot player. So not having him hurt. Uh, Cooper played uh, just phenomenal, uh, I, I think, basically from January 1st onwards. Um, he's an ethereal player. He drove our offense when we were missing guys who were called up to uh, Edmonton to finish out the regular season, and we were a little thin uh, up front in Bakersfield. Him and Benson drove our team not only uh, production-wise, but also uh, minutes-wise and important uh, minutes against the best players-wise. Um, we lost Cooper in Game 4 uh, versus Colorado, and Cooper, uh, Cooper's absence was, was felt uh, big time. Uh, part of the reason is that um, when he's on the ice and when Benson, him, Benson, and Curry were on the ice together, they drew attention. They drew top-checking. It was another uh, variable uh, for the other team to have to worry about. And that said, you know, we didn't have those two guys. The players that went in and played in those positions gave us everything they had. They, they fought like, uh, they fought, you know, as hard as they could, and they gave us great minutes. At the end of the day, um, I believe that our team was the better team in games one, three, and five. Um, the other team, San Diego, was better in games two, four, and six. Um, we found a way to not win a, win one of the games that I felt we were the better team in, and that was game number one. And not only did we not win, we were up 2-1. Um, there was a controversial uh, non-call. Yeah. Unbelievable uh, non-call. I mean, yeah. Ethan, Bear, Ethan Bear tripped from coming out behind your goal leads directly to an open net tap-in, like a completely blown call by the officials. Right, but that, that type of stuff happens in playoff hockey. But what I think that led to was we played four overtimes, and that took a lot right. uh, out of our team. And especially when you're missing some of the the players, of the caliber of players that we were missing, that took a lot out of us. Uh, but what I loved about our team in that playoff series, I think it would have been easy for us to mail it in after being down 0-2. 
in being down in game number three, but we showed heart. Um, we showed character to come back and win that game, game number three, in dramatic fashion in overtime. Uh, after we lost game four, we were down three games to one. It would have been easy to not uh, uh, give our best, but I think everybody dug in and we found a way to win a double overtime game in game number five. Uh, we didn't love our start in game number one. Uh, you know, we, we had given up three goals on the first eight shots of the game, and that forced us to chase the game. But there were so many good good signs in that playoff series. And um, I said it immediately after the game, but when you look at, at it from a micro view, you're disappointed that we didn't get to live on and keep fighting and, and pursue our dream of winning the Calder Cup. But on a macro point of view, you look at what these players gave and what they gave on a daily basis and how they competed for each other and were learning what it took to play meaningful hockey in the month of May. Um, Couldn't be more pleased with how far the group has come since uh, we got together on September 23rd. Jay, I got one final one for you. I know you want to talk about a lot of players. Uh, The show is called Oilers now. The two guys we got asked about the most were selected in the first and second round of the 2018 draft that finished the year with you. So on that note, we got about a minute here. Uh, Evan Bouchard, Ryan McLeod, what did you see? They both showed very well. Um, they came in under tough circumstances, so they didn't have the benefit of being around our group uh, for a long period of time. I think uh, Bouchard showed uh, what his strengths were, which was his ability to get the shot on the net through traffic. He got better as the playoffs went on at sprinting back to pucks and with his retrievals. He can still um, continue to work on, on his defending, and, and he got better as that that both playoff series went on. McLeod came in, gave us a dimension of speed and size up the middle. He showed very well. I, I loved his game number six in San Diego. I thought he gave us everything that he had. They're two very good hockey players with extremely bright futures for the Edmonton Oilers. All right, Jay, great stuff. Let's do this again this summer, okay? Absolutely, Bob. Take care. Take care. That's Jay Woodcroft, head coach of the Bakersfield Condors. To this day in Oilers history, here's Brendan Escott. Back in 1985, Bob Willie Lindstrom beats Pele Lindbergh for the game winner as the Oilers beat the Flyers 3-1 to even the Stanley Cup final one game apiece. The Flyers only mustering 18 shots on goal at the Spectrum. Oilers lost game two to Philly. Oilers won the next three at home, um, and it wasn't close, the last one. A time warp. The Flyers playing a game of the 1970s. The Oilers with the sort of speed and skill that could play today. Tonight, Inside Sports with Reid Wilkins. He's got a... He's got a loaded show. Jake DeBrusque will be on, so will Colton Pareko, Kelly Rudy, and then Helena Murdenovic, who is a uh, local boxer here in Edmonton. Quite the quite the women's fighter. All right. Uh, tomorrow, Elliot Friedman will be one of our guests. The winner's goaltending prospect, Olivier Rodrigue. We're working on a couple other guests. Could be a fluid day in Edmonton tomorrow. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by the 630 Chat Afternoon News with Jalen Nye. So long, everybody. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.